Well, greetings. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Chronicles of War. I'm Darren Michael Shaw, the story's author. Chronicles of War is a work of historical fiction and organized here into weekly episodes for this podcast. The story begins with an ancestor of mine, Job Trites, enlisting and being mustered into Iowa's 26th Volunteer Infantry in the fall of 1862. The story progresses through the Iowa Regiment's early days in first action, while also delving into the backstory of the main characters. The number of subscribers to this podcast continues to grow. Thank you for helping me get the word out. I really appreciate the opportunity to share this story with you. And now, here's episode number 12 of Chronicles of War. August 10th, 1862. This Sunday morning felt different. The registration detail had departed. The rain stopped as they cleared out. And there was no mistaking it. Church attendance swelled the Sunday after hundreds of Clinton County's men enlisted for service. Weeks earlier, Job had been scheduled to read from the Word this Sunday. Absent a full-time parson, the congregation had turned to a few of its men to fill in. Our reading today comes from the book of Psalms, Job began. Nancy Ann nudged her mother, you were right. Reading from Psalm 91, Job spoke. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Pausing and looking up from the text, he asked the congregation, Do you believe that? Then he continued, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Job continued reading through the psalm very deliberately, pausing at the end of each line, often making eye contact with those in attendance. A thousand shall fall at thy side, ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. Job stopped. In the absence of words, he heard people's sniffles and saw many wiping their eyes. He gave ample time for people to contemplate. When he finally began again, he spoke, Thus saith the Lord, Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and shew him my salvation. Job closed his Bible. Brothers, sisters, these are God's words. I have none to add but a hearty amen. And he returned to his seat. Clergy, Job mused, revisiting the words of the enlistment officer just a day earlier. Job went for a walk with Lewis and Ryle in the afternoon. Lewis had seen an owl the evening before and was anxious to show his father and younger brother. They came to the end of a tree line, and there it was, perched high and looking out over a clearing. Long ear, Job offered. She's beautiful. She? Lewis and Ryle spoke in chorus. There's an old crow's nest in that tree from last year. 
she because she's a mother. Job pointed to a cluster of twigs and branches. She can watch over her young there, and at night she'll hunt over this field to provide for them. In a couple of months, they'll all leave us, moving south. Like Psalm 91, Lewis said, that part about God covering us with his feathers, Job was pleasantly surprised that his son had made the connection. Ryle looked puzzled. God has feathers? The days that followed felt different to Job. The expectation of his departure seemed to affect every task he undertook. Things that typically slid to the bottom of his list now had added urgency. With each chore came worries of how the family would cope in his absence. He cut, split, and stacked cordwood. He swept the chimney. He shored up the roof. He treasured his time with Harriet and the children more than usual now. Harriet entered the room to find Job next to the fire, the familiar worn document in his hand. Are you reading that again? she asked. I am. Tis a sacrifice, but a worthy cause. She sat down next to her husband and hugged his arm. Read it to me again. Whereas the laws of the United States have been for some time past and now opposed, and the execution thereof obstructed in the states of South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Texas, by combinations too powerful to be suppressed by the ordinary course of judicial proceedings or by the powers vested in the marshals by law. Now, therefore I, Abraham Lincoln, President of the United States, in virtue of the power in me vested by the Constitution and the laws, have thought fit to call forth, and hereby do call forth, the militia of several states of the Union, to the aggregate number of 75,000, in order to suppress said combinations and to cause the laws to be duly executed. The details of this object will be immediately communicated to the state's authorities through the War Department. I appeal to all loyal citizens to favor, facilitate, and aid this effort to maintain the honor, the integrity, and the existence of our National Union and the perpetuity of popular government, and to redress wrongs already long enough endured. I deem it proper to say that the first service assigned to the forces hereby called forth will probably be to repossess the forts, places, and property which have been seized from the Union, and in every event the utmost care will be observed consistently with the objects aforesaid to avoid any devastation, any destruction, or any interference with property, or any disturbance of peaceful citizens in any part of the country. And I hereby command that persons composing the combinations aforesaid to disperse and retire peaceably to their respective abodes within twenty days from date. Deeming that the present conditions of public affairs presents an extraordinary occasion, I do hereby, in virtue of the power in me vested by the Constitution, convene both houses of Congress, Senators and representatives are therefore summoned to assemble at their respective chambers at 12 o'clock noon on Thursday, the fourth day of July next, then and there to consider and determine such measures as in their wisdom and public safety and interest may seem to demand. In witness whereof I have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed. Abraham Lincoln, President of the United States. Harriet strengthened her grip on Job's arm and nestled her head on his shoulder. It is a worthy cause indeed. 
Williams said that 899 men enlisted. President Lincoln called for 900. Job spoke quietly as he repositioned Harriet against his chest, wrapping his arm around her. They sat in silence, she feeling his heartbeat in their embrace, he feeling the rise and fall of her every breath. Nanny, Ryle addressed his older sister as she tucked him into bed, the same way he had when he was a toddler, before he could properly pronounce her name. Is Iowa going to be okay? Nancy Ann was confused by his question. He continued, With father leaving, and Mr. English, and Mr. Nye, and Mr. Ryder, and all the other men, who will take care of us? Leaning to kiss her little brother on the forehead, she answered, God will take care of us. And then she added, And we will take care of one another. This concludes episode 12 of Chronicles of War. As always, I want to invite you to stop by my website where you can learn more about me and others of my writing projects. That address is www.darrenmichaelshaw.com. And if you do stop by, please consider leaving a comment or dropping me an email. I would love to make your acquaintance. Again, allow me to close by thanking you. I'm so appreciative of your subscribing or downloading this podcast. Until next time, I'm Darren Michael Shaw. Blessings.